All right, Dan Carpook, betql.com. Let me tell you something. There is There are a few people in this industry that I will tail blindly on any NBA prop. Dan Carpook is one of those guys. And let me tell you something. You and I were both riding high for quite some time on that Spencer Dinwiddie over nine and a half assist prop that I think hit for, I don't like, I, st- I found it on my own and then I saw you were doing it too and I said, oh, I know I'm in a good spot, Dan. And it just kept riding until last night or two nights ago, whatever it was, where he had six and I said, all right, forget it. I guess it's dead now. But you, my friend, were in on one of the great ones and that's what I love about you. <laughs> Hi, Nick. I-, I miss working with you every day, I have to say. Uh, but it's glad, I'm glad to see you killing it over here. But, yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie, I think that was like 11 of 14 games or something crazy where he went over his assist prop. And it all started with Jacques Vaughn publicly stating, like, I'm gonna get, I trust you in this offense. And he really went out there and said, Spencer Dinwiddie, you are my floor general. And right after that statement, uh, I, we picked up on it. I mean, I know, I'm glad you were telling me there. And a lot of people – who picked up on that really made a lot of money. And that six-assist game that you just mentioned, he decided, oh, I'm going to actually try to score uh, that game. And he, like, went off with, like, 30-something points, I think. Um, but, but you know, he it was riding uh, – we were riding that way for a while, and it felt really good. Dan, not the uh, biggest slate tonight in the association. In fact, I think we're all just kind of waiting for the playoffs for these games to actually matter. Oh, hurry up. Uh, three games left tonight. Anything that you like? And if not, um, just like what's your process at the end of the season, you know, especially with load management, guys sitting, not really knowing the motivation for some of these teams. How's it go for you? Well, yeah, I uh, kind of learned the hard way. If you took a look at this Cavaliers Magic box score so far, I got on uh, the Magic pretty quickly uh, last night when the Cavaliers ruled out, like, their entire team. (laughs) And then today, about a couple hours ago, we see, oh, Franz Wagner out with an ankle. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., they started dropping like flies themselves. So a lot of, uh, you know, I went hard on Ricky Rubio, and he had two fouls in the first four minutes. So... Um, I'm going to probably try to stay away from the meaningless games moving forward. Uh, but, uh, you know, looking tonight here, Oklahoma City, Utah, uh, that's an important game. So looking at SGA's props there, I'm looking player props in particular, um, especially in this night game here with the Suns versus the Nuggets. We have Jokic out. We have a lot of players on the Nuggets out to so that looking like it's going to shape up to be a blowout in the Suns' favor here. But more than anything, I think the the advice that I'm going to give everyone, and I learned the hard way, I mean, hopefully that uh, that bet pulls off for me and the Magic end up winning and covering. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be the, the evidence uh, for everybody else here that we really have to wait till lineups are announced and really wait till right before the games before placing a lot of these bets at this time of the year. So, Dan, we've got the uh, at least the series price out for the Knicks and Cavs. That's the only one that's officially set, the 4-5 matchup in the East, which, I mean, on paper at least, putting aside my Knicks fandom, that's going to be the most competitive series in the Eastern Conference to at least start things off in the first round. The Knicks come in at plus 150 with the Cavs minus 185. And the uh, over-under on the total series games, 5.5, overs minus 160, under plus 130. Uh, would you be comfortable siding with the Knicks in the series, or are you more of a Cleveland guy here? No, I'm definitely a Cleveland guy, mm. and I have a scorching hot take for you here. Uh-oh. I think that the Cavaliers can win the Eastern Conference. Wow. Plus 1,600, I'm looking right now at that MGM. 
I, I look at this starting lineup. You know, we're not really looking, you know, I, I don't want to look. Once again, I'm looking at Dean Wade right now in, in the shivering here as I'm looking at the <laughs> box score. But, uh, but uh, you look at this, this starting lineup here, and you got Jared Allen, and you got, uh, and, and you got Evan Mobley down low. Those are two elite defenders. We have Darius Garland, and we have obviously Donovan Mitchell, and I know you guys were just talking about this, where he's going to be the best player in that first series. So that's a really good backcourt. Then you got a guy like Karis LeVert who's going to come in off the bench, a couple other defensive-oriented wings. And all of a sudden, if you're playing seven or eight guys in the playoffs, you really just need that starting five really to, to go out there and get things done. And when you're looking at that starting five, I think that they could pose some issues and at least match up in, in, in a series against these other teams. Like you mentioned with the Bucks, Chris Middleton, who knows if he's healthy. With the Celtics, I don't trust Joe Mazzucci fan. I do not trust the rookie head coach. And with the 76ers, we've seen time and time again yep. where that team kind of falters here. So that, I think, opens the door. In the West, I'm not even going to you know, look at anybody else except, I mean, the Warriors are kind of my hot take there. Not really a hot take since they're a dynasty. But uh, the Cavaliers in the East, I think, are, are the best value on the board, honestly, to win it. So who would you go with if you had to? Let's say, you know, I always ask these guys, like, if you got a free bet, because um, I'm with you. I just don't really see a whole lot of value in the West. I mean, if I knew Kevin Durant was going to be 100%, but still, man, they traded away a lot of depth, a lot of defense, obviously with Bridges. I love Durant, but uh, who would you make the case for in the West? I know you said the Warriors is kind of your hot take team, but who do you think the safest bet is? Because usually, like, you have that, and this year I just I feel like you don't really. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I don't think there is that safe team. I know a lot of people are saying, and, you know, right with my analysis on the Cavaliers, you could say the same thing about the Suns, where it doesn't really matter if they have depth. They have all three of the, their big three plus Kevin Durant now. Um, however, I think going back to the Warriors, I, I, I'm looking right now, they're plus 500 to win the West yeah. at that MGM. You know, they have not lost the series with Andrew Wiggins and their core. So I really think it just starts with them. And until they prove me wrong, I think I'm just going to go with them and continue to, to kind of, you know, trust in Steph Curry, Draymond, and, and Clay to, to get the job done. I don't trust the Grizzlies. I don't trust the Lakers at all. The Clippers are kind of intriguing at plus 900. And outside of that, I mean, the Mavericks plus 1,800 Kings, the Kings, is, I think they're the best story in the entire league this year. Um, plus 2,200, obviously that's, they have the best offense in the league, but their defense has a lot of issues. So I'm just going to go with the Warriors. I know that might be a boring answer, but I think that the Warriors are certainly, you know, until they prove us wrong, the team to beat. You've had a really couple like great seasons betting props. Does your process change at all in the playoffs? You know, obviously it becomes a half-court game. We do see more defense. Do you, lean, do you lean more unders, play more unders, or does anything change compared to the regular season for you? Yeah, so, I mean, just like you mentioned, uh, I'm, I'm targeting more unders for sure. Um, you know, we're looking at, you know, guys like Joel Embiid, for example. Um, you know, he's been his, – his point totals have been like 30, 31, 32 even at times this year. And when the playoffs come, those opposing defenses are going to clamp down on him. And especially after the first couple games of the series, when those head coaches can kind of scheme against those offensive uh, powerhouses like someone like Embiid and double-team him and all, all that sort of stuff. Uh, definitely that comes into play uh, for sure. I mean, when it comes to, 
to finding those edges, the regular season is definitely, you know, my, my forte, I'd say. Um, I guess at this time of the year, if you really want to uh, be optimistic, this is a great time to find a ton of value here. But at the same time, there's a lot of risk as well if, if a team goes out and says, okay, you know, we're going to – I think last year the Bucks started playing – their starters the first half of games if i remember yep. correctly so we had like Giannis playing 18 minutes and that kind of muddled everything so it really goes team by team here but um when the playoffs come around later in series i'm definitely targeting unders talking to dan carpick betql.com i'm looking at uh prices for the western conference to win the west and the kings may be a three seed right now but they sit behind the suns nuggets Grizzlies, Lakers, Clippers, and Mavericks. The Mavericks are 18-1 to to win the West, which I don't... I understand a lot of this is just where the money's going at this point, but my God, look, I am... I am out on the Kings in terms of what they can do in the playoffs. I've also made everybody in Sacramento mad at me for what I've said about that team this year. I really don't care. They're a team that's fun, and I think it's great what they've been able to do. They're awesome offensively. They're, they are one of the historically great offensive teams in the NBA, Dan. But defensively, they're a sieve. I watched the Bucks come back and destroy yeah. them in Sacramento recently, and I said, there is a championship team right there in the Bucks. That's what it looks like, not the Sacramento Kings. The defense is going to be their biggest issue in the playoffs. Where are you on the Kings? Can they win? I know a lot of it obviously comes down to matchups, but do you see them as a team that can maybe win a series or two, or are they a first round and out more likely no, for you? Definitely a first round and yeah. out. And just because of what you just said, that defensive, those defensive issues are going to haunt them here. Yes, I think they're going to win a couple games. I wouldn't be shocked if they win, you know, two games, um, just because if they put up 130 points like they have multiple times, they went on that crazy run. I think it was six games in a row in the regular season uh, where they went over 130 and kind of showed everybody, okay, you know, this is what happens when you run a motion offense and when we're dominant, you know, we could be dominant and take over anybody. Um, but I don't see that happening in the playoffs. And depending on, you know, what their matchup is here, um, you know, it, I really do not have any faith in them to win a series. Yeah, I mean, right now, if you're looking at a 3-6 matchup as the Golden State Warriors, sorry, yeah, I'm taking the no Warriors. Chance. And the Warriors are probably favored in that series. But I would say, like, I don't, the only team, if it were just, if things got crazy, if Sacramento stayed at number three, and like they maybe be favored over the Pelicans, which isn't going to happen because they're already at four, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's no scenario yeah. I think where the Kings are a first round favorite in a series, given the matchups that could happen. I can a hundred percent agree with you. Hundred percent agree with you, Nick. Dan, what's your favorite way to? I, I don't know, like for baseball, especially like when we get to July, we get to August. Uh, what's your favorite way to bet baseball daily? Are you more of a player props oh, guy? Oh God! Well, well, that's all different this year with what's going on. Oh my goodness, the game's flying by this year. Yeah, all these changes. It, it was crazy to see. Um, you know, my old process, I, I was really you know looking at uh, first five innings just with starting pitching, uh, looking at K props. I'm going to continue. To look at K props, I think that's where we can find an edge yeah. game to game at this point. Just because, you know, looking at that first game of the season on opening day, when I saw stolen base prices were all like plus 600, plus 700, plus 800 for the best guys, like it used to be. And now Anthony Volpe in the third game, I think, was plus 225 to steal a base. Yeah. Just because that those crazy rules where you can't throw over more than twice. Um, you know, we've seen teams really take advantage of that. And until we can kind of identify which pitchers, I think we saw this 
with Lance Lynn earlier today where the pitch clock is really affecting him. And, you know, as a, as a Husky man myself, <laughs> I can say that, you know, that, that pitch clock definitely affected uh, Mr. Lance Lynn. And so maybe uh, targeting uh, oppos- opposing pitchers by weight is a way to do this. Um, but in all seriousness, though, I think that really looking at which pitchers are thriving earlier in the season with this pitch clock is really going to be the way to find an edge. And, you know, our model here at BetQL is definitely uh, adapting to these things, but it's going to take a little bit of time here for things to normalize from a data perspective uh, just to to really adapt to what is happening here. When you look at, like, today's uh, Rockies-Nationals game, I know know, that was an afternoon game. It was a one nothing game at Coors Field. Like, there, there's there, in a sport that was already unpredictable. Yeah, I think all of these rule changes add a whole another layer of unpredictability. And, I think player props are the way to go. And the right total now. in that game was eleven and a half. That's and, yeah. and it finished one to nothing. And I saw like you know like crazy amounts of money obviously on the over. And you're thinking Coors Field, so that's really good information. And I'm and I'm with you. Like some guys, they move really quickly. Marcus Stroman. You know, I noticed that he's moving quickly and, like, dancing. Uh, Garrett Cole, it really didn't seem to affect him opening day. But some guys, and like you said, like the bigger guys and relief pitchers even, I think that's the best part about this whole thing, though, man. Like, we would watch these closers, like, let's be honest, like, scratch themselves and, like, spit. Oh, it was the worst. Yeah. It was absolutely the worst. But also, like, when we get to the postseason, I do kind of like that because some guys look for that. That advantage, that like mental advantage, yeah. but it, really good stuff. There. I mean, the, the model's going to take time to adjust, but so is like everybody else that's playing the game. So right. it's it's still been fun. Yeah. I love watching two-hour baseball games. It's the best. At Daniel Karpuk on Twitter, K-A-R-P-U-C, give him a follow. You will be smarter in the NBA, and soon he will adapt to Major League Baseball like <laughs> all of us. Good talking to you, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I love it, honestly. I love the fast games. They're going to sell the pitch clock, too. They're going to get it sponsored, which is absolutely brilliant.